Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom-fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Uh, as we uh, get into the Boneyard for Monday, it is, uh, it is not a great Monday. It is a honest, soul-searching type Monday, so we're going to get to all that. But it's not a fun day by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, now, all that said, I'm not going to be negative for negative sake. I'm also not going to sit here and, uh, and and hand you a bouquet of flowers and tell you everything's going to be okay. I, I, that's that's not what I'm going to do. But I'm going to call it like I see it. And uh, there are a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, and you know, I, you, usually on Mondays we kind of recap the weekend that was. I, I don't even really care to do that. I, I just I want to talk about Mississippi State today. I want to talk about some of the things that we saw on Saturday, good, bad, and indifferent. indifferent. And I want to get ready to go to Joe Moorhead's press conference, and then we'll see what Joe's got to say today, and especially along the injury front. But uh, there are a few things that I want to say 
that uh, might be a little more pointed than uh, maybe what you're expecting, but at the same time, too, I, you know, one of the things I want to share before I even really get started, and I understand we all cope in different ways, and I had some people contact me over the weekend, they're like, well, Steve, you know, I don't know how you put up with all this. Well, the, the reason how I can put up with all of it is because I love what we do, and I love Mississippi State. And I love Mississippi State fans. I don't agree with all Mississippi State fans. They don't all agree with me. And I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly okay with it. I think one of the most important things to understand is that we all want the same thing. We all want Mississippi State to be incredibly successful. And so when you read a lot of this negativity at times, understand that it comes from a good place. It may not be expressed in the way that you would do it. It may not be expressed the way that you appreciate. But I think when you look at things at their core and understand no matter what this person might say or do they really don't dislike Mississippi State it may appear that way but the bottom line is is they want state to be successful and then all of a sudden there is a setback like we had this weekend and then there is a, uh, a level of frustration that boils over and a lot of people don't know how to how to maybe, maybe share that in a constructive way so they vent that's part of it sometimes people get irrational that's part of it and when you know, just because you don't overreact doesn't mean you you love Mississippi State any less. And so I think it's important for all of us, no matter how we articulate or express our emotions and our frustrations and all that, you know, to understand we're all bulldogs. We're all bulldogs. And some some of our bulldogs <laughs> to to put some things in perspective here. I have a great deal of respect for our silver-haired dogs, man. I, I do. They they endured an era of Mississippi State football that I don't think I could have, honestly. You know, it's like sometimes people say, well, I don't understand why we, we, we don't have a bigger fan base. I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll, I, I'll tell you why. Well, you may not want to hear it, but I'll tell you why. Uh, when you go 0-16-3 against Ole Miss over 19 years, that, that tends to put a damper on your enthusiasm for college football. When you go to four ball games in nearly a hundred years of college football on your campus, it's tough to build a fan base. It really is. Before Emory Ballard had got here, we had been to four bowl games in our history. Four. Those you young guys have heard of John Bond, okay? John's uh, coaching high school football now. John's one of my heroes. Saw John beat Alabama in 1980, first college football game I ever attended. So just think about that. In, in, in my lifetime, we have seen the glory days of Mississippi State sports. Goodness, in my children's lifetime, we have seen the glory days of Mississippi State football. And so when I begin to, to get a little bit negative at times, I begin to think about, you know, my friends like Bill McGuire. And I, I think about Dan Bland. And I think about Stratton Caratasas and Jack Crystal, and I think about sometimes the bad brand of football that they had to witness over the years in the name of fandom when it comes to Mississippi State. And I'm not going to sit here and, you know, say, well, you know, we just ought to be happy where we are because I, I really think Saturday is a game that we gave away. But at the same time, too, let's, let's take things in perspective here. Yeah, I read somebody's post on Facebook, and I'll tell you, Facebook brings out the best and worst of people. And I'll tell you, the best thing about Facebook and social media and all that is that anybody can use it. And the worst thing about it is that anybody can use it. 
But I understand people get out there and they express this frustration like, oh, this is the most embarrassing thing that I have ever seen. Well, you have lived a very charmed life, if that's the case. Because I can think of a lot of things in my life that I have done that are a lot more embarrassing than sitting there and watching the team that I love lose a football game. A tightly contested football game with a backup quarterback in. So let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Everybody take a deep breath, okay? And I mean it. Let's, let's all do it together on, on the count of three. One, two, three. <sighs> serenity now. Ser- serenity now. Serenity now. All right, let's get to it. Uh, I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Man, I absolutely love going to eat there. Uh, yeah, part of a family of restaurants here in the greater Starkville area. Just, I, I absolutely love everything about that. Matter of fact, I... I saw a couple of the owners on Saturday at the ball game. You know, it's just these are you know these are people that are committed to Starkville. They're committed to Mississippi State. You should be committed to them. Uh, I am still riding the Lauren train right now when it comes to my Bulldog Burger selections. Sometimes I get that toss salad though. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to have a lot of carbs. I'm on the prowl sometimes. You know, and so I want to make sure that I'm in good good fighting shape. But you're going to find some great favorites there. I'm encourage you to go by. Have the spring rolls, get the dessert, treat yourself to a great restaurant-quality hamburger. And as you guys know, later this month, matter of fact, a week from today, Bulldog Burger Company will open in Tupelo, Mississippi, right there on Gloucester Street. You're going to be glad they did. Bulldog Burger Company, a place in Starkville and now Tupelo, where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, so let me give you a couple things right out of the gate. All right, so we had heard last week, and, and, I, and I will be honest with you, I get a little frustrated with the injury situation. Now, let me go ahead and preface that by saying this. We cover Mississippi State on Mississippi State's terms. Mississippi State is not obligated to give us any of that information. They do from time to time. There were times, if you recall, when Dan Mullen was here, Dan was like, you know what, we don't talk about injuries. Even got up and stormed out of a press conference one time, a post-practice presser, uh, because he didn't like the direction of some comments from Brandon Marcello and Brad Locke. And Dan's like, you know, you guys have any real questions? And he was going to get up and leave. Because Dan's policy is we don't talk about injury. But there were times he did talk about injury. So anytime they share with us anything related to an injury, we, we consider that a bit of a benefit because we are not obligated to have that information. And there are sometimes too, the university could put itself in harm's way by repeating, giving away too much information. But all that being said, uh, there, you know, there were some, some discussions last week. You know, and it's like, I go back to this other miss game. Cam Dancer goes down. They say, you know what? He could go back. He could, he could have returned. Nick Gibson retapes the ankle. He's running up and down, begging to go back in the ball game. They say, you know what? He could have returned. And you know what happened this past Saturday? They didn't play. They didn't play. We were told last Monday that uh, Joe Moorhead said, hey, I don't want to roll Tommy completely out. Now, in hindsight, I think Joe was uh, speaking mixed messages to Kansas State. That's what I believe. I think Joe used media a little bit just to kind of give them something else to think about. Tommy did not practice last week. Wanted to keep him fresh, keep the powder dry, and hopefully get into the weekend and and have uh, him closer to 100%. He was clearly not 100% on Saturday, but he goes out and gives a good effort and um, really felt like that we let him down a bit with – some protection issues early. Uh, to me, it seemed like every time we dropped back to pass that Kansas State was all over. So, I mean, that, that, that might just be my perception, but that's how I felt. It seemed like Tommy really didn't have a lot of time uh, to get going and survey the field. Colin Hill 
very limited early in the ball game. We just had a tough time moving those guys around. And uh, that was a little bit surprising for me. I mean, it really was. I, re- I really thought, you know, the way that our offensive line has played, that we should have an opportunity uh, to move those guys around. And so the the game begins, The ve- I, don't, I don't know if you, if, if you remember this, the very first play of the game, and I said last week on the show that uh, I might take the ball first. We weren't given that opportunity, but we got the ball first because I just kind of felt like, you know what, if we could go out there and, and get a score – and kind of get them on their heels a little bit, we got a chance. Because if you recall, I said, you know what, if we can win the first quarter, if we can get out early and get a lead and get them uncomfortable a little bit, we've got a good chance to win the ball game. Still expected us to win the ball game. I picked it as a close game. We lose a close game. Should have won the game. I'm going to get into some of that today. But the very first play from scrimmage from Mississippi State is a two-yard loss to Colin Hill. Very first play of the game. Now, I could have seen this coming a mile away. You get an injured quarterback. You want to get out there, and you got a team that wants to play ball control, and keep away from you on the other side of the field. Uh, so you're going to come out there, and you're going to try to establish the run. Not to mention, Colin Hill is your guy. Colin Hill is your guy. We come back then with a pass to Farad Green for 13 yards. Good to see that. Up and moving. Then we run Tommy Stevens. No gain. Pass complete to Dedrick Thomas for six. Incomplete to Dedrick Thomas, and we had a man in our face, and then we're punting football. 49 yards from, from Tucker Day. And uh, we get one first down on a drive and complete a couple of passes. But outside of that Farad Green play, it just kind of, everything just sort of seemed discombobulated. It did, everything seemed rushed and hurried. Uh, the next thing you know, Florida, uh, Kansas State puts a drive together. Uh, they came out and really challenged Mississippi State's manhood on that first drive. You come out, you run for 11, you run for 16. Uh, you get a, compl- a completion to Malik Knowles, who, who was he was a hero later in the ballgame. The next thing you know, you're already in the plus territory. A, ru- a rush here, a rush there, a rush here. Then you get to fourth and one. Fourth and one, and they lined up basically to say, you know what, Mississippi State, we're better than you, and we're going to come get it. We're going to come take this. We're going to send a statement early in the ball game that we are going to control the line of scrimmage. And they went for it, and Jaden Crumity made the play. He fit a gap. Thompson cleans it up. No gain. And we were, they turned it over on downs. I felt that was a huge play early in the ball game to give our defense some confidence because they had put together some continuity offensively. They, they came out, and then they had – you give Kleinman credit. They had scripted the game very, very well, came right at us, put themselves in a scoring situation, and then sought to, again, to make that statement didn't happen. Didn't happen. It was a real strong moment for Jaden Crumberty and probably something that he will build some confidence with. And I thought Crumberty had a much better game this week. Well, the next thing you know, we get going again, and uh, – we get Colin Hill for two. We get Colin Hill for six. Then all of a sudden, Tommy Stevens is sacked. You know, let me back up a second. We get the personal foul penalty. We get a personal foul, and we, we're give, given the first down. Then we give up a sack. Uh, one of two on the day. And that's kind of one of the underscored uh, statistics, and I mentioned this on Bo Bound Show this morning. We have allowed seven sacks in three ball games to non-conference opponents. That is a very... Scary proposition when you begin to think about we've got SEC play coming up. The pass rushers that we have seen in three weeks are nothing compared to what we're going to see the next few weeks. Let me repeat that. Nothing. Nothing 
compared to what we've seen, what we're going to see. Then uh, Tommy makes a great throw to Osiris Mitchell. And listen, if you had Osiris Mitchell as being the dog this year, let me go ahead and tell you that uh, you're, you're a lot ahead of the game to me. Osiris Mitchell is improving by leaps and bounds. So we get the first 10 there, first and 10 there, and then we have the pass interception. Again, we're driving here. The ball was a little bit high, and Tommy was missing high early. But Stephen Gidry should have called it. I mean, it's just in my, in my mind, there's just no question. Stephen Gidry should have caught the football. But it is a little bit high. He elevates. It goes off his hands and into Denzel Goolsby's hands. And it just felt then that it was a major missed opportunity because we had the momentum after the big fourth down stop, and then we give it right back. And then lo and behold, they're right there at midfield. Uh, they take it down and score. And uh, nothing fancy about the drive at all. You know, it's, you know, it's a run here. It's an intermediate pass there. Nine yards for Trotter. Nine yards for Trotter. They go for it on second one. They get it. You know, it's just one of those things where it just seemed like uh, they had us on our heels. You know, Leo Lewis involved very early on. Leo Lewis actually led the team in tackles on Saturday. That's one of the things we had heard in the first couple of weeks. A lot of our people were saying, well, you know, Leo's not playing well. Uh, I thought Leo was playing well, but I thought he was about a half step slow getting there at times. That wasn't the case this week. I think this style of play, people trying to line up and get downhill, allowed him because of the fact he is more of a north and south guy. I don't know that he has lateral quicks that maybe we, we had hoped, but the bottom line is Leo with a big ball game. The next thing you know, uh, it's a touchdown. Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon me. They kicked a field goal. Uh, big, big stomp there in that respect because it, it seemed like we had lost momentum in a, in a major way. Uh, we come back and we try to answer, and what do you know? Um not much. It's a three and out. You know, it's Colin, Colin for one, incomplete to Dante, incomplete to Steven. And I'll tell you, both of those passes were uh, were not close. They, they were not close. Now, the one to Dante Jones, uh, I don't know if we're just throwing it away there or not. I know the one with, uh, the, to Steven Guidry, we, he, he had a man in his face. But uh, it was a quick, quick three and out. I mean, really, really quick three and out. Tucker Day gets a 44-yard punt. And um, we're able to kind of get them back a little more because of the fact that uh, they had to block in the back. But again, and and I don't I don't I want to I don't want this to be sound like I'm whining, but our special teams play has been so erratic and inconsistent. And as you guys know, that that caught up with us there too. But uh, you know, Tucker Day with the 44-yard punt, we allow a 25-yard return, and some of that is aided by the illegal block, and they bring some of that back, but. Uh, Tucker Day didn't have a great day. And some of that some of that is, to be honest with you, I think some of that's on his coach. Because they continue to be able to get pressure uh, off that right side consistently. So Kansas State sits up at their own 45. They're already right there at midfield. Get a couple rushes, the next thing you know, they're you know, they're in our territory. And it just felt like in the building, it felt like we were in trouble. It really did. It felt like that we didn't have any answers for him. We weren't, we weren't able to do anything offensively. Tommy wasn't 100%. Uh, and even though we had come up with that big fourth down stop and held for a field goal, it just felt like they were the aggressors in the ball game. We get them behind the change a little bit. Then there is a the long pass to Landry Weber for 23 yards. That was one right there. I really hope on third and 12 you're thinking, okay, we're going to be able to get off the field here. Uh, C.J. Morgan kind of sells out there trying to get the, uh, the, the PBU 
just couldn't quite get there. Just couldn't quite get there. And then there is a uh, a rough in the passer call on Fabian Love. And I'll tell you, Deke Adams really, 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 really disagreed with that call. And uh, when they had to stop it to play, he let the uh, the officials know about it. So much to the point that Jim Moorhead had to go out there and get involved. Uh, I I didn't think there was much there either. So they get a couple of rushes from Jordan Brown. It's a touchdown. And uh, now it's 10 nothing, And it, it, it looks like that we are really, really, really out of sorts. It, to me, it, to me, and maybe I'm wrong here, but to me it seemed like Kansas State wanted Mississippi State a whole lot more than Mississippi State wanted Kansas State, at least in that early going. I mean, it's 10 nothing, you know, early in the second quarter. But it felt bigger. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, we just needed a play to get back in the ballgame. But it felt like we just had trouble making plays on defense and making plays on offense. You know, at this point, I would say the defense was playing better and constantly being put in a bad situation because Kansas State was getting, you know, basically getting the ball at midfield. So you don't have the benefit of the entire field to defend. So we come right back, and this is our chance to try to answer, right? This is our chance to answer. And uh, we didn't, but we had a fortuitous bounce. Stevens with a, uh, you know, pass to uh, to Colin Hill for no gain. Next thing you know, there's a holding call. It's first and 20. Colin Hill rushes for one. Tommy Stevens sacked for nine. Now it's third and 28. Things aren't going well. We, we deke it down to Colin Hill. He gets uh, eight yards, and then we punt. And in the middle of all of that, there is a muff, and uh, Paul Blackwell gets on it. And so now that's that's the thing we needed to kind of get us some juice. We put together a great drive. Tommy Stevens uh, scoots in from two yards out on third and goal. And, and I'll tell you, the thing about that drive that impressed me was I thought for the first time on the day that we really showed some toughness. You, know, you can go back to that fourth down stop on defense, but on the offensive side, I thought this was the first drive that we really just kind of bowed our heads back and said, you know what, we're fixing to come score. We're fixing to come get you. And for the first time, it felt like we were being the aggressor, especially from a physicality standpoint. But you come out, and again, first down run, two yards, incomplete. Colin Hill gets five. Uh, that's the one they did the targeting ball, the targeting uh, penalty review. And it wasn't targeting. It, it wasn't. It's just one of those things that happens in football. And I, I turned to one of our staffers when, when they were reviewing that. I, I even made the comment. I said, I remember when we used to just call that football. Colin Hill runs for 22. And this is when I think we all kind of felt like, okay, we're about to exert ourselves. We got Colin going. We figured some things out blocking-wise. Colin goes for three. Witherspoon goes for two. We got a great – I tell you this. the uh, That pass to Osiris Mitchell on third and five, I thought Osiris showed probably about as much toughness as he's capable of. He goes in there and fights red football and gets it down to the Kansas State four, and then we end up punching it in. That drive, it really felt like we showed kind of who we were as an offense. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't. It wasn't explosive. But it was physical. It was grinded out, get your face. You know what, boys, you better get back in the huddle because we're fixing to line up and plow you in the ground. And that's when it seemed like momentum began to shift. So, okay, now we're, now, we're, now we're playing Mississippi State football. Nine plays, 51 yards, and we made them pay for that big mistake. Then they get the ball back, and it's a three and out. They punt it, and now it, it seemed like, okay, all right, well, here's our chance to kind of level the field. You know, we're going to get back in this thing. We figured some things out. What do we do? Uh, we run again. Colin Hill lost two yards. 
incomplete to Cyrus Mitchell, and then Tommy gets loose and he's running, bounces his ball off his knee. Bounces his ball off his knee. And now they're at the 30, right? Now, again, we talk about field position. We continue to give them the ball in advantage field position, and here they are. And then at this point, the defense, I know it's probably getting a little frustrated that then Jordan Brown runs for 17. You get a complete pass, and there's Gilbert for two, Gilbert for seven. Uh, and then there's the whole timeout fiasco at the one-yard line where they call timeout to set, set the offense, and then we call timeout because we've got too many guys on the field. And they just run a basic quarterback sneak. And now it's 17-7, to seven, and, I, and I admire what they did because when they got the ball back, they cashed in. They cashed in. We give them a short field. They make us pay for it. It's 17-7. to seven. And, again, every one of these drives for Kansas State was aided by Mississippi State miscue to at least begin the possession. But they did what good teams do. They make you pay for your mistakes. Now, 31 seconds to go, and it kind of felt like, you know what, we're, we're in bad shape here. I'm getting ahead of myself again because I'm, I'm just I'm so ready to get to the second half so I can talk about that. But you come out, you're down 17-7. Tommy Stevens with a run, personal foul, incomplete to Gidry, complete to Dante Jones, again, who continues to be a, uh, a really good, really, really good addition to Mississippi State. Really, really good. Tommy Stevens complete to Osiris Mitchell. And let's be honest here, how many Mississippi State people have seen that move so many times? We get the ball, and we've got a chance to get some points before the half, and we just don't convert. And then there's Tommy Stevens with the bum shoulder throwing a perfect strike to Osiris Mitchell, who makes a one-head grab, a double coverage, same play that he scored on the week before. The next thing you know, it's uh, it's 17 to, t- to 14. And you just kind of felt like, you know what? We're going to come back and win this ball game. We're, we're going to win the ball game. Well, we get to the half, and uh, at that point, I think everybody felt okay. We felt like maybe perhaps our fortunes were changing. And speaking of fortunes, let me remind you, if you're one of those folks that likes to have a little skin in the game, our friends at MyBookie are there to serve you. MyBookie has been a longtime sponsor of the Boneyard, especially during football season. A lot of you guys like to, to pick winners, and, and maybe it's time that you put your money where your mouth is, give you a chance to kind of profit on your great football knowledge and your ability to pick the games. Visit them at MyBookie.ag. They, uh, they, they're happy to pay you. Okay, they will also double your initial deposit. It's very, very simple to do. By being a bowling yard listener, they'll give you the opportunity to do that. The promo code is 3DOG. That's 3DOG. 3DOG. They will double your initial bonus, your, your initial deposit. And uh, they've got in-game live betting. You can change your bet at halftime. Let's say, for an example, if you're, the team you, uh, you pick to win is losing at the half, you can hedge your bet. And bet against them. That way, maybe you come out even in the end. All that's being handled. But again, that's promo code 3DOG. And they will double your initial deposit. MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag. Promo code 3DOG. MyBookie. You play. You win. You get paid. So let's get into the second half here. I really thought the third quarter... You know, that's when we kind of began to take charge of the ballgame again. It was one of those things where it just felt like Mississippi State was on the verge of doing some big things. You come out there and uh, needed to get a stop. 
Because that was the big worry. If you go down 17-7 at the half and you got to get in the ball back, they've got a chance to basically win the game on that opening possession of the second half. They come in, uh, just not much going on there. I thought I thought the defense came out with a real edge on that drive. And, and even the time when they, they made a couple of plays, they made that uh, completion to Dalton showing for 15 yards. It was the only really positive play of the, of the possession that uh, State brought the heat on that play. I mean, they were they were pads popping. I thought we came out with some real intensity, and I was told that Bob Shoup was really fired up at halftime and really got everybody going. And the next thing you know, we give up a 61-yard punt, so we're touching it back, right? So we come out then, Tommy Stevens, and again, we're rushing on first down. Kylan Hill rushes for one. Tommy Stevens incomplete, and then we throw the pick to A.J. Parker. And as he's bringing it back, Big Stu Reese hits him. He fumbles. Daryl Williams recovers it. Daryl even got four yards. <laughs> and so the decision was made at that point to put Garrett Schrader in. I was told prior to the halftime that one of the concerns was him going into the locker room and kind of having a chance to stiffen up. But let's be honest, Tommy was not healthy in that first half. Even though he tried to give it a go and did the best he could, you can tell he was not right. He was missing high, and that's kind of that interception was just inexplicable. It's just an awful throw. And so you make the decision, you put Garrett in, and this again, maybe it's because we simplified the offense a little bit, but it seemed like our offensive line really got going. What do we do? Garrett Schrader comes out, rushes for a yard, Kylan gets two, and then Garrett kind of made a play on his own on third and seven, he rolls right and kind of throws Dedrick Thomas open, throws that ball towards the visitor sideline. Dedrick runs underneath it. Next thing you know, it's a 26-yard gain, catch and run there. Really nice play for Dedrick Thomas. And a great play by Garrett Schrader. I mean, just using his athleticism to make a play. Colin for 11, Colin for 9, Garrett for 3, incomplete to Zuber. Schrader for 10, Colin for 2, Colin for 2. Pass complete, though, Cyrus Mitchell down to the Kansas State 5. And again, an- another great possession for Osiris Mitchell. He is becoming that Deronye Wilson type guy. When you need a guy on third down to go make a play for you, he is he has been the guy for Mississippi State. You get the touchdown on the Garrett Schrader run, the first touchdown of his college career. Mississippi State now has a lead 21 to 17 and it just kind of felt like things were going our way. Defense has an edge. Uh Cowan's been able to get going. Offensive line is going. Schrader is making them pay for them for collapsing on on Kylan, because I think that was a real issue early in the ball game. I think people knew deep down that we weren't going to run the ball a whole lot with Tommy Stevens with him having a tender shoulder. And so all of a sudden their their game plan is to kind of focus on Kylan. And even though he had some big yards early, most of those came in the second half. Most of those you know more established, elongated runs came in the second half. And I think a big cause of that is because Garrett Schrader was more of a running threat. And so here we go. So now it's uh, it's – 21-17 Mississippi State, and it just felt like, you know what, some good things are about to happen. Uh, they go out there, they run the uh, run the bubble. Brian Cole blows it up, another incomplete delay of the game. It's a three and out. All of a sudden, life in Starkville is great. We've got the lead, defense again playing well. We get the ball back. Now we've got a chance to go put this thing away. Now we've got a chance to go make some things happen. Well, the very first thing we do is we get a personal foul. Backs us up, and that was one of the things too. There were a couple of times Javante Payton got a bad got a uh, a bad penalty. Jaquarius Spivey got a bad penalty. 
You know, those are things that can't happen, especially in tight ball games, especially when you've got momentum. You don't go out there and make a selfish play. Colin Hill, again, we're running it on first down. Colin Hill for one yard. Garrett Schrader incomplete. Uh, that ball was caught. I, 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 still, I still to this day don't understand what happened on that throw. It was a great throw. Osiris's hands were under the football, and I don't know how the back judge runs up and makes that call from where he was. Side judge, side judge ruled it complete. Uh, he said it hit the turf. It clearly didn't hit the turf. That That's one of those things till you look at and say, you know, how, how does this happen? Well, it did happen. Uh, Colin Hill runs for four. We punt. Uh, it is mishandled. And uh, Jerry and Jones, J-Dub, jumps on it. Now we have the ball at the 45. Again, at this point, it still felt like it was our day. It felt like we had overcome the adversity. We got a bad call against us, and the football guys were smiling on us. And then the ball bounces our way. Now now let's go put this thing away, right? That, that's kind of how it felt. Garrett Schrader passed complete for 12 yards. Colin runs for 10. Now You know what? Now we're in plus territory. Now, now we're rolling. Spoon for no gain. Uh, Schrader to Mitchell for four yards. And now we've got a big third and six play. And I thought this was a huge play in the ballgame. Huge play. We let the clock run out. We go to the sidelines. We talk about it. We come back on third and six. And remember, we, you know, we, we've actually had started having some success running the football. And we decide here on third and six, on, fourth, on third down, first play to fourth quarter, This will sound like I'm being negative, but I'm not. I'm just telling the truth. But we elect to have a true freshman quarterback throw essentially a one-receiver route on the far sideline into double coverage in hopes that Osiris Mitchell could come down with it. Well, we're very fortunate it wasn't intercepted. I, I didn't agree with the play call. I, I, think, I think you're asking an awful lot, especially out of a timeout. It would be one thing. If you didn't have to stop at your play, it'd be one thing in the flow of the game, you know, when may- maybe their guys are a little bit gassed, but, you know, we're, we're coming out we're coming out of a break. And I, ju- I just didn't agree with that. I-, I thought that it was a little bit greedy. I thought maybe perhaps that uh, maybe you play a little uh, field position there and make, give Chrisman a better, more makeable field goal distance. Maybe you run, uh, you know, Colin Hill out there in the flats and check it down to him and then uh, let him create. Just don't know, if, you know, why we did what we did, but, but but the bottom line is we did. The good news is that Jason Christman comes out there and uh, ties a career long with a 47-yard field goal to to give us a seven-point lead. But it felt then, even though we had the lead, you're thinking, okay, they're only one play away. They're they're only one play away, and uh, it only took one play. Scott Goodman kicks off. Malik Knowles fields it, and it looked like for a second he was going to take a knee. He elects to take off. Yes, yes, there were at least two blocks in the back. But the bottom line is he makes the the 100-yard return here and ultimately ties the game. Uh, There's a couple things that I want to say because, you know, I have read some of these narratives, you know, about people say, well, that's where the suspension's got us. I don't don't agree with that. I I just don't agree with it. And one of the things that I want to share with you, because I've done the math here, so of the 10 players that are suspended for the eight games, four of those guys have never played on special teams. One of those guys is a defensive regular. Chances are he wouldn't be on kickoff coverage right now, especially about to have to go out there and play a defensive series. Of the remaining players, the five remaining players, 
they totaled 11 tackles combined last year. Seven of those for one player. Four of the five guys that were primarily special teams players last year combined for six tackles. Six tackles. Of those six tackles, they were all recorded in one game. So these were not regular contributors. They may be on a special teams coverage team. They may run down there. But these were not guys who were headhunters. Now, as I said from the beginning, and it's so funny, there's some people that, that they, they think they know more than, than we do and say, well, you know, you guys said there weren't going to be a lot of major contributors. They're not. <laughs> They're not a lot of major contributors. The bottom line of this situation is this should not have happened. This kickoff return should not have happened. Yes, that's football. Yes, that's part of the game. But the bottom line is we get out of our, our pursuit lanes you give up, there is a, a block in the back call there, but the bottom line is we're looking for an excuse. We're looking for an excuse to explain away some bad football. You don't give up a 100-yard kick return. It just doesn't happen. It just simply doesn't happen. It's bad football. We blew it. All right, so, so, so miss me with all this. Well, you know, if this guy would have been in there, we'd have made the play. Listen, it doesn't matter who's running down there when he gets blocked in the back. It doesn't matter who's running down there when we get out of our lanes. It doesn't matter who's running down there when we won't go make a tackle. So save all that. Then I've read this narrative too, and I love a good false narrative. People say, well, you know, Steve, you know, we're asking these guys to go do this, and there's all these safeties, and we don't rotate here, and we don't do that. You know, well, here's the thing. A lot of those guys that are playing defense regularly are playing a majority of snaps. Guess what? They're not on kick coverage. We like to say they are because it fits our narrative, but uh, but that's not the case. you got Colin Duncan and Tory Dixon and J.P. Purvis and London Crafts and Fred Peters and Landon Guidry, uh, all those guys. Not there making – Demonte Russell even went out there and made a tackle Saturday. It's a defensive end running down there, doing a good job. And uh, just so you guys know, there's a name by the guy, kid by the name of Cameron Miller last year that played, played for Mississippi State walk-on linebacker out of Florida. Uh, he had as many or more tackles than uh, these same guys that, that uh, many of our people are saying, well, you know, if this guy had been here, we wouldn't have get him to a 100-yard kick return. Uh, so, so maybe you should be out there asking why Cameron Miller is not part of the program anymore. It's, it's, it's a silliness deal. The bottom line is, we kicked off. We didn't cover the kickoff. All this other stuff is just details. We kicked off. They returned it 100 yards. We had all of the momentum. All of the momentum. We had dominated the third quarter from an offensive and a defensive standpoint. We got the benefit of a couple of bad punts because they couldn't handle them. But again, we're dominating the game. And we give it all away on one play. And listen, I, I give Malik Knowles a lot of credit. That, that was It was a great run. It really was. Give him a tremendous amount of credit. But this was more about what we didn't do rather than what they did. So uh, at this point, the game is tied, and, and it felt like then that we were in trouble. It just felt like, you know what, we have scratched 
and clawed and fought our way back. We were down 10 twice. And we come back. We finally have the lead. We've scored twice in the second half. We're running the show. And in one play, the entire game changes. So we come out straight or incomplete. I think that's the first time on first down that we had uh, thrown a football all, all day. I think that's correct. Garrett Schrader rushes for five, and then we're incomplete to Isaiah Zuber. That was such an unbelievably huge play in the game because we're shaking a little bit. We've got a true freshman quarterback out there. We're shaking a little bit, and Schrader makes the perfect read. Zuber's wide open. All he's got to do is catch it and fall down, and the chains are moved, and we're, and we're going again. But that's not what happens. Zuber drops it. He drops it. The drive stalls. We had to punt. And then it felt like to me that our defense said, you know what, we're going to have to go make a play. We've got your freshman quarterback out here. We've got to go put him in a better position. So Kansas State comes out. They get the big pass play to Nick Leonard for 24 yards, and it seemed like, okay, here they go. And then Bombshoot dials up an incredible blitz. The only sack of the day for Mississippi State. Brian Cole times it perfect, comes in. The, the, the left tackle just simply had no choice. Somebody was going to get through. Cole comes in essentially unabated and destroys Skylar Thompson. The ball is fumbled. They get back on it. But at that point, we had then wrestled momentum away again. They get a big punt off. It's fair caught at the eight. And then again, here we go. We just need to put something together, right? So we go back to the ground game with Colin. Colin for six, Colin for eight, and then we're incomplete to Dedrick Thomas. Again, third down play calling I didn't think was our strong suit. I mentioned the third and six play earlier. It's third and two here. We've had back-to-back positive gains. I'm just being fair here. I I don't want to go put the game in the hands of a true freshman quarterback on third and two. With the game on the line in the fourth quarter, I'm going to go with the more experienced guy. And that's not a slight to Garrett Schrader. It's just here's the deal. Colin Hill has iced games for us before. Colin Hill has run hard in fourth quarters and helped spark a comeback. So we call a slant on third and two, and, and Garrett threw it well behind Dedrick. Dedrick never had a chance. Thought Dedrick played pretty well when given an opportunity on Saturday. But uh, in that particular situation, he just never had a chance. And so then we're punting, and uh, we get a 37-yard punt. Really, really a tough one. You know, Tucker had some other ones earlier, a little bit inconsistent, but at times we hit some big ones. This wasn't one of them. When we needed a big one, we got a 37-yarder. And, again, that's not being critical of Tucker Day, but the bottom line is that's the reality of it. They're already at the 47-yard line. They come right down. Again, the Dalton showing thing, and that's one of the things I don't, I don't quite understand they were able, to, and I asked Brian Cole and Tim Washington about this in the post game. They were able multiple times to uh, to kind of get that tight end fake blocking late release open over that 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 I think that was open four times. They in one time Scholar Thompson just overthrew him. I think the other three times he found him, and we never adjusted. And I think some of that is because of the fact that we had to play some 4-3, and we've got some linebackers out there that just really aren't in the flow of the game sometimes. 
And again, it's not being critical. I hadn't watched all that tape like Jim Moorhead has. I plan to ask him that today. What did he see on the tape? But that is very atypical of a Bob Shoup defense. You know, to us to be that undisciplined, where that that can, that can, that same policy and procedure by an offensive player. I can understand him beating us once, but not four times. That would make a lot of sense. And lo and behold, that they've taken the lead now, 31-24. There was still plenty of time left. It's 537. And again, we come out and run on first down. This time, Garrett goes for 12. Uh, then Cowan for two. Schrader for 16. And you kind of felt like, okay, now we're cooking. Cowan follows up with 16. And then, then we get a negative one. Then, then it's an incomplete pass. And then we're behind the chains because we've got a false start on Tyree Phillips. Not a lot of penalties on the offense, at least not pre-snap. Then we're incomplete, incomplete on third and 16. And uh, this is when uh, the craziness ensued, when Garrett makes that crazy play. And I want to talk about that a little bit in depth. I, I don't really care about the, uh, you know, the memes and all that kind of stuff. But this kid has something about him. You know, it's like we talk about some of the better things about Nick Fitzgerald and the better qualities of Dak Prescott better qualities of some of our champion-type players is an ability to put their bodies and, you know, seasons on the line to go move the team forward. And I don't know that I want my freshman quarterback out there uh, doing the helicopter deal. But there was something within this kid that said, you know what, I'm going to go make a play for Mississippi State. I'm going to go make a play for my team. And I don't care if, if I am three yards short or five yards short. I'm going to dive for it. I'm going to make them knock me out of bounds. I'm going to make them stop me. I'm not going to stop myself. I'm going to make them make a play. And even though the kid came up a little bit short, and you see when he landed, what does he do when he lands? He tries to reach the ball out because that's who he is. And then, then he gets in the postgame and he blames himself for not reaching it out. I mean, forget the fact that the kid just did a 360. And he's sitting there thinking, you know what, I should have been able to reach the ball out. Despite all he did, he thought he didn't do enough. And you know what, he didn't do enough. But he did more than was asked of him. And Joe Moorhead said, you know, in that situation, we'd like to see the ball put in the air. We'd like you to throw the football there. That probably is the safer play. But I think we learned a lot about Garrett Schrader. And I think more importantly, more than what we learned. But think about what those teammates learned. It's one of the things to see a guy in practice. It's another guy to see him in the study hall and everybody kind of go to their meetings. It's another thing to see a guy go out there and make sports center because he laid it on the line for your team. He said, you know what, not today, guys. I'm going to go out here and do everything I can to get us. I'm going to go make a play for us. And if I don't make it, it's not going to be because we quit. And it's not going to be because of the fact that I came up short effort-wise. The end result may not be what we want it to be, but I'm going to go out there and make a play. And he went and made a play for Mississippi State. He just came about a foot short. That might be the, the Mississippi State story. The next thing you know, Kansas State gets the ball back, and, and they're running it down. And, and I want to talk about this last drive, and, I, and I'm going to be very honest about this. Very, 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 very disappointed in that last 30 seconds. And people are like, well, you know, Steve, the game was over. No, no it wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. It was not over. No, we didn't have any timeouts left. But we could make a play to go win a ball game. And some of our players quit on us. They did. Didn't get set. 
we had, you know, Schrader rush there at the end and ladder the ball to Colin Hill. Um, and, and we just, you know, it, it, it didn't work out. But I don't fault Garrett Schrader for any of that. I, I think Garrett Schrader is out there trying to make a play for Mississippi State. I am really disappointed that uh, we had some guys not rush back, not hustle back to the line to give us one more chance to get a playoff. And I see people say, well, maybe they thought they were going to clock it. You know, listen, we can't clock it until they're set. We can't run a play until they're set. Uh, we have no chance to win when we have, you know, players still in the defensive secondary kind of walking back to the line of scrimmage. That That's one of those things I look at, and that, that speaks to a larger issue. Because you know what, I understand the chances of us making a play there are pretty slim. But you got to give us a chance. What do they say? Uh, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. But you basically remove any possibility of us making a play when you don't get back to the line. And you got the rest of the night to lament the loss. you got the rest of the weekend to say, you know what, we let one get away. And I thought that last segment there uh, was unfortunate. I want to thank our good friends at Campus Bookmart. Uh, Mr. Stan Ray, Ms. Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole group there, they will treat you like family because in their minds you are family. Go by there, get to know them. If you can't make it to town, we encourage you to visit them on Al Gore's Internet at college, campusbookmart.net. Pardon me, I got a little cute there. Got off my script. Campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. It's time to outfit your home, your pet, your automobile, your office, everything. The latest in Mississippi State. You know what? I I, I am told they still have some copies of Flim Flam. I have some people that say, hey, Steve, we want to get Flim Flam. And I'll have more about Flim Flam coming up in, in the near future. But if you're looking for a copy of Flim Flam, you can find them at Campus Bookmart. Campus Bookmart, a Starkvilligan institution for sure. So... Before we get out of here, a couple more things I want to say. Uh, about num- Number one, Mississippi State did not lose to the better team. I- I- I've read that. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. I think this was really about Mississippi State did not match the intensity of Kansas State early in the ball game, and essentially got down 10-0. And it just it, I think it took that for us to get going. Okay, and, I- and I'll share with you, that's coaching. That's leadership. That's not just on Joe. That's on these seniors. That's on these captains. They have to have this team ready to go. There's only so much a coach can do. And I'm not I'm not trying to excuse Joe. I, I thought that a couple of those third down calls, especially that third and six and the third and two play, I thought both of those – and listen, I've got the benefit of hindsight, but I, I disagreed with those calls. And both of them fell incomplete. But the bottom line is, is that you got to be ready to go play football. We were not ready to play. And it showed. Kansas State came out with a lot more intensity. And they deserve to win the game, okay? And listen, I've read some of their fans' comments and that sort of stuff, and I would feel the same way if I were them. But this was more about Mississippi State. And and, and then there's always the, – there, there's this – you know, there's some negative Mississippi State fans too and say, well, you know, Steve, we're lucky that we were still in the ball game. You know, guys, look, I'm going to share with you this. Um, their turnovers were just as damaging to them as our turnovers were to, the, to us. And so that is basically a mox next deal. You know, that we scored some points off their turnovers. They scored some off, off of ours. That's part of the game. You know something else? Injuries are part of the game. 
bad calls are part of the game. You know that going in. You have to find a way to go win. And so when you know that going in, that your quarterback is less than 100%, you know that uh, you got a couple of guys that are banged up and unavailable. So some other guys are going to have to step up and make plays. You know there's going to be some ebb and flow in the ball game. You know there's going to be calls that go against you. And so with all that said, you have to go out there and put your best foot forward. And I just didn't think we did. And despite all of that, despite a bad start, despite the fact that Kansas State came right out and punched us right in the mouth, we overcame that. Garrett Schrader's first career touchdown puts us ahead. We get the ball back. We go down to score again. And you feel like, okay, now let's go win the game. And we have a special teams failure. And listen, that has been a consistent issue throughout the year. I'm just calling it like I see it. We have had special teams miscues in each of the three games this year. I'm not advocating anything for anybody other than better special teams play. So whatever that takes, because my loyalty is to Mississippi State. I want Mississippi State to have great special teams play because I want Mississippi State to win football games. And so what we have done with some silly penalties and other things, and listen, we can talk about these suspensions, but here's the deal. We've known about this, okay? It's not like these guys that are suspended, that, that they went out and got a DUI on Friday night before the ball game or public drunk or whatever. It's not like it's some surprise. These other guys have been practicing in these kick coverage drills for months. This is nothing new. This is not like we just grabbed a walk on and threw them out there and said, hey, go make a tackle for us. These guys have been prepared and have been coached for months. I would venture to say probably as far back as spring practice. But even if they did not get the benefit of the full spring practice, we have known Our coaching staff has known the probability of these other players being out for a large part of the season. So you know as well as I do that Landon Guidry and Fred Peters and J.P. Purvis and Torrey Dixon and Colin Dickin and those guys, those guys have been preparing to play every Saturday on kick coverage. They have been preparing every day on punt coverage. So don't come to me about the suspension stuff. That, that That is an excuse. The bottom line is we didn't make the play to win the ball game. Kansas State did, and that's why we're here today discussing a loss. That's the reality of the situation. And if it hurts your feelings, toughen up. Because the bottom line is Mississippi State lost a game that we should have won. We were the better team, playing at home in the 95-degree heat and everything else. We had every advantage. But to exclude the fact that Tommy Stevens was banged up would be a little bit short-sighted. But we were able to overcome every bit of that, had the lead, and gave it away. We gave it away. Simple as that. I tipped the cap to Kansas State. They came in. I really think that uh, Chris Kleiman's group's going to do well. I I really thought they were prepared to play. Really thought they came out with a good game plan. And uh, as Brian Cole says, sometimes their offense is so simple, you almost fool yourself. They don't do anything fancy. They run a lot of two tight end sets. They run full back. They, 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 they rotate a lot of running backs. They stay fresh. They really get into your depth a little bit. But despite all of that, Mississippi State had a chance to win the ball game, should have won the ball game, didn't win the ball game. Now it's time to get ready to go play Kentucky. Uh, not going to talk about Kansas State anymore. We'll be back on Wednesday, of course, and uh, let you know what we learned. We'll be meeting with Joe Moorhead a little bit later today. 
We'll have offensive players on Tuesday, defensive players on Wednesday. Next thing you know, we'll be getting ready to go play Kentucky, the SEC opener. And the intensity that we saw this past weekend from Mississippi State will not be successful against Kentucky, just as it was not against Kansas State. Mississippi State will have to come out and give a much better effort from an intensity standpoint, an attention to detail standpoint. We can't have 12, 13 players on a field after timeout. And that, yeah, I'm going to tell you something else. That is coaching. That is coaching. I don't know ultimately who makes the decision to put those guys out there, but that's something that's got to be addressed in practice. That's not something we draw up on the sidelines. That goes back. That's an attention to detail. Those are the things that get you beat. Those are the things that get you beat. When we don't know to be in the ball game and who's supposed to be in the ball game and who's not, and it's a Chinese fire drill out there, that is coaching. Simple as that. And some make the argument and say, well, you know, we got outplayed, we got outcoached. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about any of that. I just know that we got outscored. And I am a Mississippi State guy. I don't need to be right to feel good about myself. I feel good when Mississippi State wins. And you know what? The same problems that we had, we'd still have them, except we'd be 3 0 if we'd won the ball game. And I don't have to lose the ball game to learn the lesson. And that's the thing that I keep going back to is this is a game in the preseason we all expected to win. The Kansas State is better than I think most of us anticipated, unnecessarily for me. But all that being said, we should have won the ball game. You can you can find half a dozen plays for either team. You can, and that's the that's case in every game. But the difference between winning and losing is the winning team makes those plays, the losing team doesn't. In Kansas State, made a couple more plays than Mississippi State did, even though the plays were there to be made. Some of that can be attributed to some play calling that was a little bit questionable. Some of that can be attributed to some effort that it sometimes is a little bit questionable. Some of that can be attributed to the fact that, you know, from a coaching standpoint, I don't know that we were ready to play. And when you add all that up together and you play a team that you embarrassed last year in their own yard, that is playing with confidence, knowing that uh, they've got a chip on their shoulder, it's a recipe for disaster. And that's what we got. That's what we got. Again, to my silver-haired dogs out there, I'm not trying to diminish the sacrifices you have made for Mississippi State. But I think we can all agree that we have graduated to a point that we expect to win these games. These are the type of games we expect to win. Wasn't always the case. Wasn't always the case. But it is now. Well, folks, that's going to do it for today. I hope that you will go and uh, go visit us at StarkVillainsTheBook.com and pre-order your, your copies of Stark Villains. We've had, a, we've had a great run of pre-orders. Encourage you to do that. We'll be signing and personalizing every copy. Uh, excited about that. Looking forward to you guys having that information. We'll have, uh, we'll, again, I, I keep hearing, that, you know, we're waiting to hear back from the printer. And uh, as, as I get that information, I'll pass it on to you. And if you're looking for, for Stark Villains gear, please go to StarkVillains.com. Order your T-shirts and hoodies. Your kids want those. I can promise you they do. Beginning to see more and more of them on game day. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies. And people can see a difference in the way we live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.